Darren, we'd better turn around. Why? Because I've seen enough horror movies to know any weirdo wearing a mask is never friendly. We are the things that were and shall be again. What was that film you were watching? Death, death, death. Death, death, death. Part two. Oh, Lord. What the prime time, bitch! What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Horror Flicks and Guitar Picks podcast. I'm your host, Tim Trashmouth Mills, and today's guest is the one and only Jerry Montano, bass player for bands like Nothing Face, Hell Yeah, Danzig, and a bunch more. Now, before we dive into this week's episode, I just want to remind you guys to go follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for all updates on the podcast. And if you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by signing up for the Trashmouth Horror Club. It's only $2 a month over on Patreon. You'll get some stickers in the mail, shout out on a future episode, and a couple other things as well, so... Check that out if you're interested. Thank you guys again so much for listening, and let's get into this week's episode. What happening? Same old, same old, man. How about you? Great, man. Finally, nice to meet you in person. Same here. Thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, man. So, of course, uh, you've played in a ton of awesome bands, you know, Danzig, Hell Yeah, Nothing Face, a bunch of other projects as well that are killer. Do you have anything coming up in the future that you like to promote or just let the people know about before we jump into the horn? Um, currently, right now, I'm, I, I'm actually in the recording studio about to start drums with my buddy Wade, who's a drummer from Doyle. Um, to do a, a record during the, during the past year and a half or so touring with Steven Piercy, I started writing a lot more. So I ended up like writing and singing and doing like writing a whole record of my own stuff, just kind of out of my love for like Turbo Negro, Social Distortion, oh, yeah. uh, you know, Danko Jones, like, like more rock. So I'm in the middle of doing that. It's called Des- Destroy Our X. And uh, I'm going to have a bunch of cool guests on it, like everybody from every kind of cool band, like yeah. coming in and playing guitar solo, whatever. But that's what we're doing right now. So you can check out the Instagram, destroy, destroy our X, destroy your X, destroy our X, whatever. Oh, so yeah. that's what I'm currently doing at the moment is uh, we're starting the album right now. That's awesome. I'm excited to hear it, you know, and check it out. That's uh, a lot of that stuff's right in my alley, stuff like that. So. I love Turbo Negro. Yeah. It's like one of my favorite bands. So, you know, and I've always, my background, it's funny because I play in metal bands and people know me from the heavier stuff, but I've always been more of a social, I've always been more, to, if I'm listening to music, I'm listening to social distortion. I'm listening to Bad Religion, Fang, you know what I mean? Like old punk rock is what I really love and rock and roll. So that's yeah. kind of what I got going on right now. Oh yeah. I'm excited to check it out for sure but and uh do you have a, like a release date goal for that or are you just trying to uh get the record together and then maybe shop it around a little bit right now it's just make the record yeah hell yeah you know like like i said we're just getting into drums right now because i I wrote it all at home here in my studio so it's all been done you know drum machines through logic and stuff so i played every instrument saying everything so now it's kind of like okay giving it to uh wade the drummer uh so he can like bring him to life you know add yeah. add some flair and some life to it and all that stuff but it's it's coming together really cool oh yeah that's awesome can't wait for that for sure but we can dive into the horror movies man if that's uh cool with you hell yeah of course so uh, my first question i like to ask all my guests is uh what was your relationship with them growing up and you know did it change at all when you got older and became an adult i've always been into horror movies i mean from being a little kid you know like you would see like you know those late night tv shows you know that would come on or whatever yeah. 
I always love Tales from the Crypt. Um, The Outer Limits, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. So as a child, I was always into that. And when I was really, I don't know how old I was. I must have probably been like seven or eight. My my aunt took me to go see Friday the 13th Part 2 at the movie theater. Oh, hell yeah. On like a date. So I saw, I think it was Part 2 or Part 3. Was 3 was 3D, so it had to have been 2. Yeah. But I actually went to a drive-in as a little kid and saw Friday the 13th part two when it came out, like in the 80s. Um, so I was always I was always into it. But fast forward later, I mean, with my tie with music and horror, you know, I was always in, you know, the second I saw Gene Simmons, I wanted to be like a fire breathing, fucking blood spitting demon. Like Hell at yeah. five years old, I knew that's what I wanted to be. So that visual connection i think led into what i started to get into horror and stuff and then it it went on later in life you know as i got more of a teen i got i really got into true crime books i worked at a tower records warehouse video warehouse so i would just like steal every shit that i (laughs) hands on you know what i mean it's just a big warehouse so I, i i would end up with like a bunch of old horror movie collection then and then fast forward later when i joined danzig glenn Mm -hmm. is such a horror fanatic that's when i really kind of got my education in horror that's when it really happened to be honest hell yeah that's awesome was there any of those do you remember any of those movies that you stole that like really stood out to you when you were younger that it was like the basics i remember you know which one i remember the most as a child that's funny. It was be- I think it was because of the label, because when I was a little kid, when you would go to the video store, you know, with like my grandpa, even as a young kid, you'd see the horror movie section and it would be like beta and VHS. You know yeah. what I mean? When I was a little, little kid and the movie that I remember the most, because it was like, this film is too much for anybody. Yeah, that was blood sucking freaks. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> You know what I mean? So I remember stealing, you know, stealing that one as a teen, but I remember seeing that as a kid, you know what I mean? Like those like just kind of old school horror movies type things. So those were kind of like some of the things that I was getting a hold of then. But I think as a teen, it was more of kind of the staples, you know, the, the usual stuff. I didn't get into like deep diving into horror tell like really like in into danzig you know before then i would know the basics of what anybody would know you know what i mean your halloween you know friday the 13th all that all the nightmare on elm street you know what i mean all that stuff because that was popular when i was a little kid you know yeah no doubt for sure <clears throat> doc no, and the dream warriors and all that hell yeah and like you said uh kiss is a band that i think a lot of people forget like how like horror related they necessarily were like their name you know a lot of people said staying for knights and satan service you know which that was like a you know like but they were into horror you know i mean gene simmons would say that you know in his younger days they were they were into the old uh the old classics and the black and white horror movies oh yeah which to me are the classics are i love them you know i mean and and when i say classics you know it's it's the the usual but then there's also the offshoots that were great from the classics yeah. you know I mean, dracula's daughter that kind of stuff or even yeah i really i i've always loved the abbott and costello ones too those are my favorites no i agree 100 those are movies that i'm surprised they haven't tried to like uh recreate in a way you know what i mean like just uh you know like either remake them or do like you know did the they did that film Tucker and Dale versus Evil. They could do Tucker yeah. and Dale versus Frankenstein and stuff like that. So, or oh, even uh, what was it? What was the the claymation one that was so awesome? Uh, Wallace and Gromit, I think. Which one? 
No, no, the old original done by the guys who did like uh uh like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, the the Bassett and uh what is it called? I I'll have to think of it. Somebody will know it. Yeah. No, I, I kind of uh, I know who we, I know the pair you're talking about now. The uh, that team that uh, that animation team. I just can't think of the. Uh, yeah, they did. Uh, it's kind of can't, can't think of it. Uh, I don't know. But uh, no, I agree 100. percent Though that's uh, especially with uh, Kiss. Like we were talking about, like uh, the, the way that they like would spit out blood and stuff like that. That was something that like a lot of people like forget that they did. You know what I mean? Not forget that they did. You know, of course, like diehard fans do and stuff like you know. No, but they're just uh, you know a lot of times when you hear them you hear the music these days you don't get to see the like you don't see their live performance on tv you know like it's hard for like a new generation to like catch and see what uh kiss really was and they were truly were like these big yeah like, and i, I love the, the the kiss meets the phantom of the park too oh yeah fuck yeah <laughs> that's awesome yeah i forget that they had their own horror movie that's right yeah yeah it was really bad but it, it's so bad it's good yeah hell yeah but uh, so we talked about, uh, you know, quite a few different, you know, uh, horror movies and, you know, even some offshoots and stuff like that. But uh, do you have a favorite of all time? And, you know, of course, with there being so many, you know, you can shout out a few favorites. You don't got to just, uh, you know, say, <clears throat> mean. I mean, it's it's funny because I get I I do a lot of these horror movie related shows. And for me, it's it's I'm such a fan. It it's it's so hard to say what my favorite is it's in yeah. my mind they're categorized you know what i mean there's like italian horror there's japanese gore there's like classics there's newer there's like slasher there's you know what i mean but for me i would say probably some of my favorite all-time go-tos and I, i'll say it forever is uh black sunday with barbara Steele. hell yeah that's one of my absolute favorites Horror Hotel is is still City of the Dead is one of my favorites. The whole ambiance and the, you know, the way that those are shot are really, really cool. I would say always probably one of my favorite of all times ever is Return of the Living Dead. Oh, ever yeah. since I was a kid. I can watch that movie over and over and over and over again. The Beyond is one of my favorites. It's just evil as hell. Yeah. Uh, the Last House on the Left. Or no, sorry, House by the Cemetery. Hell yeah. That's a great one. You know, Zombie. I I love the Italian stuff because it's, you know, the Lucio Fulci because it's so gory. But I'm also really into uh, all of the Argento films as well because of the aesthetic of the way that he did things. Argento was doing things that nobody really you never saw a movie that was shot that way before you know with the the jail colored lighting in the city streets all the times everything was so he shot everything so vibrant it was like bright red bright blue bright green yeah. like lighting and when when he was doing that there were no movies that were shot like that with that kind of idea for like vibrant color you know yeah. what I mean? so suspiria all the all all those movies are you know deep red you know a lot of them can be almost classified some of them as more like giallo films yeah. but they're still horror but i i love all of his films as well you know and then oh, when yeah. it gets to newer stuff i i did you know i it's hard for me with newer films because my idea of a newer film is like <clears throat> now old yeah but I really liked uh, Dead Silence. I thought that was shot cool. Okay, um, no, that was that was one of the genuinely creepy movies for that time period. You know, because a lot of time, a lot of that stuff at that point was just like fast paced, like 
either trying to recreate slashers and it wasn't really working or it was like uh, remakes. So that was like a nice little like change of pace for sure. It was and the way and the, and the shots and the way that it was done, it looked really cool. It wasn't, you know, terrible. Uh, I did. I liked the first hatchet. Hell yeah. You same. Know what I mean, I got Victor Crowley uh, right behind me right there. <laughs> yeah. See, yeah. The first hatchet was cool. Second one. All right. But the first one I really liked a lot. Um, that's the that's the one i revisit the most myself is the first one i feel like it's the funniest and it's got the best uh my favorite kill of all time when he rips that old lady's head in yeah (laughs) (laughs) shit's fucking awesome yeah hatchet i did like the the first insidious film yeah you know what i mean oh yeah um my buddy joe what was the actual red demon in that movie he made all the music but he's the devil in that in that in those films Oh, fuck it. Yeah. That's awesome. I've actually I'm... said uh, on this podcast in the past that Insidious, the Insidious score is one of my favorites of like recent years, for sure. He does so all unique. of them, dude. He His, his Joe Bashar is a good friend of mine. I didn't even know he was the devil, the yeah. demon in the movie. And we were having dinner one night, me, him and my buddy Dean Carr, who's a photographer. He did all the like Marilyn Manson, beautiful people video and all that crazy shit. Oh, fuck you. Yeah. And we were sitting having a having some food and uh they were going to see my friend Jana. she has this crazy like shock horror play thing in ho- in hollywood anyway i knew that he did the soundtracks for he does almost all the bloomhouse film stuff yeah. that's all of them. but i was like yeah dude i saw your name on it that was so cool he was like he was like oh yeah you know that i'm like i'm the devil in that too and i was like what you know what i mean and then i looked it up and i was like holy shit that's so cool i had no idea whatsoever but anyway yeah, no, I didn't either until you just told me. That's fucking awesome. That's a cool little uh, fun fact. I didn't know that. Joe Bashara. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and I do want to go back to, uh, you know, to kind of go back to what you were talking about a little bit ago with uh, Fulci and Argento. I agree 100%. I, that's one thing I love about those two is, like, they're kind of probably, like, you know, of course, you got uh, Black Sunday, like Mario Bava, of course, like the original guys and stuff. But Argento and Fulci, you know, they're the two guys that everybody goes to as, like, the top two, like, Italian guys. And it's See, it's like, Mar- Mario Bava was cool as well, but Mario Bava was just, like, a progression from Hammer, like, yeah. horror. You know what I mean? So I love that stuff, but it's a, it's a little dry for me. You know what I mean? A lot of that stuff is still very, like, uh, you know, time pieces with frilly shirts, some of them. You know what yeah. I mean? And they're still cool, but... Fulci took it to a whole other level. Nobody had done what he had done. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and it's funny that when you hear people talk horror, they you don't hear a lot of people really go in depth about like, you know, how innovative those two people were. I mean, to a, it's it's pretty mind blowing if you think about it. You know what I mean? Like what what the two of them did. I mean, with Zombie, there was no movie like that. Yeah, no, it was a shark and a zombie under, and then it looks so real too. Demonia, that one's in that one's evil, man. Like ripping people into two pieces with horses, and like the murder, the killings in those movies, and they're so graphic. And as cheesy as it is, they're just done great. It looks amazing, and that stuff was that was way too far for people in the United States, anyway. And it. It was just, it was taking things to a whole other level. And then again, Argento as well. I mean, the way that people would die in his films, it was like, it was like elegant evil sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, but it's an Argento that, film, a woman's head's going through a window. That's definitely happening. Totally, <laughs> totally. Like, you know, jumping through a window into razor wire or something, you yeah. know, like, like super crazy. But also aesthetically, he knew how to catch the vibe. 
You know what I mean? And it was in, you know, after you talk about it and you go back and you look, you know, you go, oh man, it is all about those colored lights, the way that he shot everything, you know, it, it had a look that you didn't see in film ever yeah. for like 20 years after people, people, I don't know if they thought that that kind of lighting was too, too much or too fake looking. But then you started seeing in the late nineties, a lot of like high saturation and brighter colors. You know what I mean? You see that even in, even in like behind the music documentaries where they do colored lighting behind interviews of people, you would never see like rich colored lighting. He was using that stuff in the seventies, like in horror, which is really cool. That's cool to me, you know? No, I agree. I think one of my favorite things that uh, he had his hands in, of course, uh, Lamberto Bava directed Demons, but, you know, this, you know, Dario Gento presents. So one of my favorite things is the blue lights when the demons come up the stairs and the iconic scene, you know, they use for the cover and the poster. It's totally that's one of my favorite uses of his lighting just because it's so fucking like eerie, but it's also like just cool. It's it's so badass. It's awesome. And Demons is awesome. But even Demons, Demons 3, those are still even cool movies. You know what I mean? Um, I, I'm a huge fan of those, but it goes deeper. I love all different type of stuff. Uh, Cemetery Man, which was De La Morte, De La Morte. I love that one, Hell yeah. you know, which wasn't always available in the States, but eventually was. I was on the hunt for that movie for a long time yeah. before it was ever available in the U.S., you know? Shit, Fulci doesn't even get the credit for going meta before like Craven did. I mean, he did that Cat in a Brain movie where he pretty much plays himself. And, you know, it's about his movies like coming, you know, uh, like, you know, somebody killing people based off of his movie. And it's uh, yeah, it's like uh, I feel like he doesn't get credit for that being, you know, super meta. And so no, I agree. They don't get the credit they deserve. And yeah, Fulci's one of my favorites, too. You know, he's known for his gore and all the gore that he does is crazy but like one of the most effective things he does is some of the realistic stuff like uh and don't torture duckling when they stone the lady to death because they believe she's the one killing the kids that's like one oh, of the yeah, most yeah. uncomfortable things to watch and it's like totally. uh, so he knows how to do like both like you know of course you got the woman in i believe it's a uh, house by the cemetery where she's like spitting up her whole organs and that's stuff like one that. of my that's one of my favorite movies house by the cemetery is like that's one of those movies it's it's a little you know it's a little campy but it's such a badass movie and it has yes. such a cool vibe it's uh, it's a movie that i've i've always wondered why i mean the beyond and house by the cemetery are two movies i always wonder why never got redone but they would probably fuck them up anyway yeah they try to make them too linear of stories and probably make them like very uh simple you know what i mean they probably wouldn't be bad movies but they probably just wouldn't be anywhere near like what they could be type thing. I don't know though. The Suspiria remake I enjoyed quite a bit, but I did. You know, the Suspiria I thought was okay. The original I love so much. Yeah. But the three mothers thing, oh, you know, a lot of that was really cool, but I felt like the very last one was like, yeah, you know. Oh yeah, uh the actual movie or yeah. that one was called Mother of Tears, right? The third one. I yeah, think. Mother of Tears. Yeah. It was still good, but you know, beyond oh, the New York Ripper. Oh yeah. That's that's a good one. I'm like thinking back, looking here. I'm like, oh yeah, Black Cat. Yeah, I know who can make a uh, New York Ripper. It's like who can make a quacking duck fucking scary. You know, I know, dude. You know, like so much of what he did, he did, I love. But again, you know, but then I I was a fan of all the guinea pig, the Japanese horror gore too. Oh yeah, I've only seen the first one, but I know what you're talking about. Those are fucking crazy. I've seen grotesque too. Which one did you see? The Mermaid in a Manhole or the? 
There's three of them. Very, the very first one, I can't even remember much. I think it's the, the one, one where he's just tied a chick up and he's just chopping her up into yeah. pieces and there's no rhyme or reason. It's just like an hour of him like cutting her apart like meat and gore. And there's nothing yeah. else. He drugs her and all you see is like tendons and blood. It's just a snuff film for yeah. an hour. Literally, that's all it is. Yeah, I watched but it. I was like, cool. I don't need to see sequels. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. But Mermaid in the Manhole is like, also pretty twisted as well there's like this guy he goes down in the sewer and he finds this mermaid who's dying in a manhole and she's rotting and she's like she's pretty but she's like she's like you know uh decomposing and she wants her her picture painted of herself to remember when she is pretty so he uses all of her like pus and body fluids to paint this Oh, I gotta check that one out. So he's like dipping the fucking, you know, the paint brushes in these like blistering boils and goo and blood and stuff. Oh but yeah, pretty, pretty evil and crazy, but cool at the same time. But that's like the Japanese take on horror. They took it a whole nother level. They were like, yeah, it's that's where it started to become gore and like what ended up probably being like, you know, what would be the inspiration for something like Dead Alive? Yeah, you know. Which at the time when you saw Dead Alive, that was taking gore to like a uh, like further than you know uh, than uh, Evil Dead. You know what I mean? But I think that a lot of that probably came from those between Fulci and that Japanese gore style of like extreme gore, which I like. Yeah, it's like mixing gore with uh, gross out stuff. You know, you got the pus and the uh, custard and shit like that, and fucking yeah, Dead Alive totally. And- uh, and then, of course, but then, like you said, you got the like over the top where he's just fucking mowing him with the uh, the lawnmower. That's you know one of the iconic scenes. The lawnmower. It's a scenes. that's such a classic film, and the way it's done, it's done like you know at the time it was taking Evil Dead to like it, it like took Evil Dead to school. Yep. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. No, and if you watch Bad Taste, he didn't really he did some of the gross out stuff, but he didn't really go with the gore as much. So well, I guess he did. He was like his head was like falling open and like stapling it yeah. back. So, yeah, that was Peter Peter Jackson. You definitely see got some uh That's why that. when he when they said Peter Jackson's doing Lord of the Rings, I was like, What? Yeah. The guy who did Dead Alive? What the hell? Because at the time that's the only thing I knew him from was from like that, you know. I wish he would go back and do something as fucked up as that at with now that he's become such a you know gigantic like director. That would be funny, you know. Yeah, and, you know, going back, I like the Evil Dead remake as well. Okay, no, me too. That's one of the uh, my, we just did a top five episode. Uh, I do a ra- horror round table for once one episode a month where I have like reoccurring guys come on. So uh, my buddy Phil from the band I rate and uh, my buddy from like eternal sleep, my buddy Ren come on and we talk about, sometimes we'll have, we'll have topics every month and we did top five, four remakes. And that one was up there for me. The evil dead remake. It was like number three out of five. So I, really I like the Friday the 13th remake actually too. A lot of people didn't yeah. like it, but I thought that they made Jason like powerful and fucked up and it was dark and it just, it, it wasn't like, as like silly campy i like the way that they did uh jason and friday the 13th the remake i i liked it yeah no i agree 100 <laughs> that's like the, there's a one scene where he's like uh he puts the axe in the kid's back and he like lets him scream for a bit to try to like bait the other kids out and like, yeah. the guy's like no it's a trap and he still goes out it's that's one of those like that's a perfect example of like jason being truly scary and uh you know actually yeah. being like i uh, and i i liked i and a lot a lot of people will say the Rob Zombie Halloweens were shit. And to me, I thought he was brutal and fucking relentless and evil. And I loved it. 
Yeah, I, I thought, love those movies. I too. thought the the I thought Halloween two was just as good as Halloween one. I mean, you know, just the scene alone where he hits the cow. Yeah. And, you know the, the car crash scene with the blood coming out. You know that those movies were great. <clears throat> I don't know what the hell happened with everything that came after that. It yeah. was like everything just kind of got thrown together. But it seemed like Halloween, Halloween two, and the Devil's Rejects. He put a lot of thought into the rest. Just were like thrown together junk to me. Yeah, but I didn't like uh, House of a Thousand Corpses though. A lot of people like that, but. I just knew too much to like it. Cause to me, I was like, this is Texas Chainsaw Massacre too ripped off, like yeah. blatantly, especially with, you know, even to where they go down, un- you know, into the, you know, the caves or whatever. I'm like, you know. It becomes number two at that point. Yeah. Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, hell yeah. I, see, that's my, I saw it when I was um, pretty, I think I was like 12 or 13 when House of Thousand Corpses came out. Cause I'm like 31 now. So, uh, I was a big fan of it, but of course I'd only seen like the original Texas Chainsaw maybe once. So I didn't really, like, I put the connection together, but not like that hard. And, uh, but as I got older, I feel like my love for house of a thousand corpses is definitely slimmed. I still like it a lot because, but it it's got like, a nostalgia like he didn't know where he was going. Like it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And then there's like this weird twist of like, almost like they want to put this like Dr. Sci-fi thing in there. Yeah. And then it's like, where the hell does that come from? It just felt like that it was kind of a little over the over the top, over the place. But the second film to me was a masterpiece. Yeah, no, I agree hundred percent. Devil's Rejects is light light years <clears throat> above a better film for sure. And yeah. I, but hell yeah! Before I dive into some of the hypothetical questions, do you have any more movies you want to shout out or anything like that? Oh man, I, it's hard for me because I have I probably have a collection of probably five hundred anywhere from five hundred to a thousand films. Yeah, and. You know, I just I, I just have to picture through my brain, you know, like what's good. Oh, you know, what's a good one that I brought up not too long ago that I forgot about is have you ever seen Man Bites Dog? Yes. Uh, it's like a, one of the first like found footage films, pretty much. Right. Yeah, man. Where they're following the 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 college kids are following around the serial killer and he's showing them how he like, you know, goes around to mailboxes. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's the beginning of the month. They get their checks and it just shows them like as he's like casually talking he's drowning like a child and like raping and murdering like the family and shit you know but all during just kind of like casually you know giving telling them about his daily life you know yeah like henry a portrait of a serial killer gone totally wrong you know yeah no uh man Um, bites dog is definitely it's like one of those movies that it's kind of comedic but it's like so dark and like fucked up in the in the same way fucked up yeah <laughs> now, you could tell it definitely uh inspired that movie uh behind the mask the rise of leslie vernon which i enjoyed that one yes. as well but it's definitely like you could tell it was inspired by, by uh, man, yeah, bites dog. The man bites dog the you know and also the cool thing about some of these films in those days is uh you know you didn't have to worry about hurting people's feelings or what anybody thought or yeah. you know what i mean we got to we got to have this kind of character, this kind of character, and we can't do this or we can't do this. They just fucking did whatever the fuck they wanted, you know, yeah. which was cool. You know, you you would never see 
you could never have a movie that was just a woman tied up on a fucking bed chopping her up into pieces that you stole off the street now you know what i mean that's like one of my favorite uh horror movies of all time is the slumber party massacre 2 and it's because it's like how many movies would like you see nowadays where a guy would have a drill at the end of a guitar and just fucking killing people right dude i just watched trick or treat two nights ago out of the blue Fuck yes. That's as awesome. bad as bad and terrible as it is, sometimes it just I just love to watch something like that. Like I was I was sitting here and I'm like, I'm gonna watch Trick or Treat. And it's terrible, but it's terrible in a good way. It's nostalgic, you know. Oh yeah. That's one that needs a sequel after all these years in <laughs> Trick or Treat too. I've, yeah. I've heard the main guy that I uh, acted in it said that he would do a sequel. So Oh really? Yeah. I'm sure he would. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he does much else. <laughs> and I, I'm surprised they never tried to do like a proper. I mean, I kind of, in a way, I'm glad that they didn't. That they didn't do like a, a proper remake of Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. You know what I mean, uh, I'm friends with John Russo, the guy who he wrote it. You know, oh, I mean, yeah. I've known forever, but a super nice guy. He's old, old as hell, but he likes to party and he's so funny, dude. Like I would like bring him out and. You know, he'd just set him up at the bar with like three hot chicks and they're just like, he'd be like the happiest guy in the world. But he wrote those films, you know? Yeah, he was in the original Night of the Living Dead, right? Like he was a zombie in it? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Pretty crazy. No, fuck yeah. Return of the Living Dead is one of my favorites. To me, I always say it's the most punk rock horror film that there is. It's like... (laughs) It's the coolest film, the coolest soundtrack, the coolest everything of all time, you know? I actually went to Monster Palooza years back and they had all the cast there and i was like well who's alive you know because i think uh but uh trash trash and suicide was a guy and a girl the guy's dead and i think uh yeah suicide one yeah suicide and one of the other ones was dead at the time but it was still really cool hell yeah yeah trash was uh linnea quigley yeah she's still definitely hitting the conventions and stuff but yeah the guy that played suicide was also in um friday 13th part five and a couple other things like horror related and uh yeah i remember looking him up because i wanted to have him he's in so many things that i loved i was like let me look him up you know see he's having him as a guest on the show and I, that's when i unfortunately found out he passed away as well so. yeah he had passed away so did the other guy too the funny uh frank frank hey, isn't that or the- not frank uh the guy the guy who played him right the funnier guy i don't know I know you're talking about the uh, of the the two that kick off. Like his job. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love that movie. So we're there uh, sitting there just screaming pretty much because they're like having rigor mortis and they feel it like that shit. Like it makes you feel so uncomfortable. You're like, oh, like thinking about how it would feel. It's it's one of those. He's he's calling Frank the boss and he's like getting ready the phone. He's like, Frank. We have a problem. (laughs) Like that guy was just that whole movie is awesome. Everything about it, there isn't a scene that I do not like in that film. It's just perfect. Yeah. No, and then of course there's so many quotable lines from like uh, you know, like the you like sex with death, and he's like, go fuck off and die, you know, and then the Yeah, totally. All the like Do you ever think about being eaten alive? I try not to think about that. You think this is a fucking costume? This is way of life. I'm yeah, this is a fucking way of life. Yeah. I love that yeah. shit. But... Such a good movie. Everything about it. Like, oh, you know, it's like this. This is made by the Army Corps of Engineers. Yeah. <laughs> and it explains so much, you know, zombie stuff. Like, uh, you know, when they got the the like half torso on the table, and it's talking about how it, like eats brains. To, like that's why they totally. shit like that. Yeah, especially because in Night in Night of the Living Dead, you don't really, you don't, you're not really sure why or what the fuck. You know yeah. what I mean? 
No, hell yeah. I don't think another movie ever like really used that trope of like they eat brain. That's why they're moaning is because they're in pain and then they eat brains because it's, you know, yeah. it stops the pain and shit. That's it eases the pain of being alive. Yeah. And that's such a <laughs> fucking uh, creepy part, but it also like uh, makes it make so much sense. You know what I mean? So, oh man, that that scene is is amazing. That this her spinal cord slapping on the metal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So awesome. That character, Tar Man, and then of course when Trash becomes the zombie, those three things right there are just so iconic. You know, I mean, oh, uh, Tar Man, right? yeah, the Tar, and it still looks cool as hell to this day. Yeah, like you, when you look at it now, still you don't see like this. It's still seamless. You know what I mean? It still looks as real as you remember it looking. That's the cool part. Yeah. No. How are you? <laughs> No, I agree 100%. But that uh, my favorite line to quote actually that I completely forgot about was the send more uh, paramedics. Oh, yeah. Send more paramedics. And it, it, I always thought he said, and then, I, and then I watch it and I'm like, I thought he said send more. I always thought he said send more paramedics. And then I watch it and he says send more cops. That always tripped me out. There's it's two scenes. I always, uh, the first one is paramedics. And then the second time he says send more cops. Cause I thought okay, the same yeah. I saw the same thing. Uh, too and i was watching it back and i was like that's why i was fucking tripping out like yeah yeah because i'd always be like send more paramedics and then i watched it and i was like send more cops i'm like is this one of those bernstein bears things man what the fuck <laughs> it's pretty much the same thing happens twice like a paramedic shows up first he kills yeah. a he kills the paramedic and asks for more paramedics then a cop shows up then he kills a cop and says you know send more cops so i love that man and and uh, forty-five, the forty-five grave song just makes that. Yeah. If you want to party, uh, I've known I've known Dinah Cancer, the singer from Forty-Five Grave, for like tw- third twenty-five plus years, Fuck and still every time I see her, I'd be like, "Dude, Dinah, your your song and you know, Return of the Living Dead." And she's like, "I know, it's the only song anybody ever wants to hear." <laughs> Dude, that whole soundtrack's awesome. That song, The Cramps, you got so many good. Dude, I, I'm a huge fan of the cramps. I knew Lux Interior very oh, yeah. well as, growing up and Lux and Ivy. I've, I even actually had dinner at their house one time with them, which is pretty interesting. Hell yeah, that's super awesome. I'm super jealous. I'm a big cramps fan myself. So that's yeah. awesome. But no, hell yeah. So uh, at the back uh, end of the show, I like to ask like a couple hypothetical questions before asking my final question. And uh, so my first hypothetical question is, uh, you know, and we can just use your upcoming project, uh, you know, just as because it's so hypothetical. Pretty much once this gets released, if somebody approached you and wanted to make a music video for you guys and they wanted it to be a uh, remake of one of your favorite horror movies, just, you know, into a short version for a music video. Uh, what horror movie would you choose and how would you make it into a music video? Dude, I, I I think it would probably be something more like Devil's Rejects, you know what I mean? When they're all fucked up. I always had this cool idea of like of of the of the members like being like hitmen and going to like kill they each kill like the other one off one at a time. Oh, so yeah. something like in that realm, you know what I mean? But yeah, I think I think that would be kind of cool. I because I, I love the scenes of uh Devil's Rejects at the end where they're all fucked up in the car. You know what yeah. I mean? They're about to just go for it. You know, that whole uh, aesthetic and vibe is fucking cool as hell to me. Fuck yeah. No, I agree 100%. It's one of the only uh, things, one of the only movies that can take an iconic song and make me think about that movie from now on. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, yeah, totally. But yeah, something something in those realms, you know, like I, I love all that stuff. I talk about that stuff a lot with my buddy Glenn Hetrick. Like we're always like talking horror films or ideas for things, you know? Yeah. Hell yeah. Now that would be a super fun one. And the aesthetic of the movie is so awesome. It has that like 70s Western like 
but also horror like grimy look to it it has that 70 that old 70s vibe which is so cool yeah which is definitely uh i feel like some i feel like it was one of those things that he didn't try too hard to capture and it actually worked out where a lot of people if they try to capture it they usually like try too hard type thing hell yeah so pretty much my uh second and last of the hypothetical questions is if somebody asked you to score a horror movie and gave you the opportunity to choose what subgenre to score the horror movie for which i know is not usually the option obviously because the movie's already written and made uh would you is that something you'd be interested in and if so what subgenre would be your preferred subgenre i would probably want to do something that's like uh supernatural and evil fuck yeah you know like, what i mean that insidious like, uh, like I, 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 yeah like as it would have to, it would be some i i would love to do something that would be supernatural dark gory and evil kind of you know, like a darker, more fucked up, insidious kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Like in that yeah. realm, I think that's cool. You know, because you can get a lot of uh, vibe and, you know, you can get darker. You can get a little Sisters of Mercy on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fuck yeah. No, the perfect thing about those movies is it's like you don't have to wait for a chase scene to kick in a score, you know what I mean, or anything like that. Like you can literally set a tone with just a, a living room getting zoomed in on. Well, you like ha- I mean? Hatchet <laughs> was killer. Hatchet was, had the best fucking Marilyn Manson songs in it that made it so cool. Yeah. Like you could, but going the other way, you could do something that's way darker and way moodier, you know what I mean? Yeah, hell yeah. No, I think even by uh, the third one, they had that uh, Igniter uh, song that was written for the movie, but uh, which has jason in it from uh dangerous toys oh jason mcmaster he's such yeah. a good dude man i'm friends with him i played the show with him not too long ago in uh tennessee and i never really knew him but we just hit it off and now we we chat all the time on instagram you know i'll be like jason yeah. what's up hey brother what's happening you know good dude no he's an awesome guy i had him uh, as a guest on the podcast as well and he had like a little vial of the hatchet blood because you know of course he was asked to do the song for the movie so he had like blood from one of uh, the victor crowley shooting or whatever so that's cool it's pretty dope but hell yeah but um pretty much like i said my final question i like to ask all my guests is do you have a horror story of your own and you know it could be from you know being on the road with the guys over the years or it could be you know just something that was scary shit that happened to you in your personal life you know you asked me that and i was trying to think of something and it, it reminded me there's a place in uh milwaukee right it's called the eagles ballroom big venue mm-hmm. we were on tour there with megadeth and hell yeah and uh jason newstead from metallica's band of black label society but across the street from the eagles ballroom is the hotel where Dahmer killed one of his victims oh shit the one Not he his- beat to death yeah in his in the hotel in the motel yeah not his home and so we you know i was like dude we got to go over there you know we all i would always like want to go over to the Dahmer. you know it's now it's all redone it's nice it, you know it's uh you know whatever you would call it you know uh it's been gentrified yeah you know? <laughs> but uh so we went over there and we're down in the bar, me and Tom Maxwell, my best friend, guitar player from Hell Yeah and, and Nothing Face. And we're just hanging out, having a few drinks. And I keep asking the people who worked out, like, come on, man. I'm like, I know that it happened here. What room is it? And no one would tell us because they don't want to like talk about it. They don't want those people around there. You know what yeah. I mean? And finally, like one of the dudes was like, you know, it's on this floor or whatever. Told me what floor. I can't remember what floor it was. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, it's on that floor, but I won't tell you where. Right. So we were all fucking drunk and having a good time. And I'm like, so I was like, let's download an 
like a ghost hunting app just for the fun of it and we'll take it up there so we did right and we downloaded this fucking stupid like ghost hunter app and we get in the elevator go up to the floor and walk around and there's a dot and it's green and it starts to turn red like to where it is and we walk around the corner and then it stops and the dots inside of this corner in there yeah. And we walk around and it would move. And that's it. That's the only dot that appeared and it appeared in there and it would move. Right. And then on that room, there's a door with no handle and there's no number on it. Oh, shit. Right. And so we were like, this has to be it. Holy fuck. This is weird. And then we went back downstairs and the guy's like, ha did you find it? And I'm like, it's this room next to that number. And he was like, yeah, how the fuck did you know? It's like that that room sealed off there's nothing in there that's just a empty room there's no there's nothing in there the doors sealed shut and there's nothing in there it's not used it's nothing there's no storage in it or anything that was the room that's fucking crazy i'd be freaked out myself i'd be like damn i'm gonna be haunted by dom or fuck <laughs> yeah that's that's real as fuck man that's funny but we were like whoa no way and he was like, that's crazy. We don't tell anybody and we don't let people go up there because we don't want people just going, coming into the hotel and trying to go up there and like look or do stupid shit. So, yeah. Yeah. Cause like he said, but, it's sealed off. So somebody could try to actually break in the door and stuff like that. And yeah. But he said there's nothing, nothing in there. It's just sealed. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's fucking wild. That's awesome. I know exactly what you're talking about because, you know, of course, I watched the show when it came out and then I even listened to uh, Talk is Jericho when he had uh, the people come on and like re- talk about the differences between the show and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, they were talking about the guy that he like, that's the guy that he says that he blacked out. And then when he woke up, he was uh, he claims that he blacked out, woke up and the, his hands were bruised and the guy was beaten to death pretty much. And he put him in a suitcase and took him out. So, yep. Yeah, I knew exactly. That's fucking wild, but pretty crazy, right? And that, that we use some dumb app and it showed us. I mean, who knows? Maybe whoever made the app does all the background checks on what where every single place is and then puts them or whatever. But to us, it seemed pretty fucking real. The thing was moving, and we were like, "Whoa, that's it!" You know? Yeah. Hell yeah. No, it'd be one thing if, like, like you said, if you saw multiple ones or saw it go into a different room first or something. But for it to go right there, and they didn't, it. and and they didn't want to tell us where it was. They were like, "There's no, you can't go upstairs. You had to have a key." And so we snuck up there anyway. Yeah. Like we waited for somebody to come out the elevator and got in the elevator and somebody swiped and we pressed the number. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. That's how you got to do it, right? Fuck and we weren't even expecting to even get up there or find it or even be told what it was. So it was really crazy. We were talking about it for a long time. Yeah. No, I, I wouldn't doubt that. I wouldn't at least try to do the same thing if I was uh, across the street and found out that that was a hotel. I'd be like, I got to check this shit out for myself. So <laughs> I don't blame you. I wouldn't give out, give up until I at least got, you know, some kind of info. So, but. Oh, yeah. Well, I appreciate you for sharing, man, and uh, for coming on the show. It was a blast chatting with you. Yeah, man. I had a great time. And as usual, I just want to say thanks again for listening, and make sure you check back on Wednesday, as I'll be joined by the one and only Ace Von Johnson of the band L.A. Guns. They just dropped a brand new record last week called Black Diamond, so if you haven't checked that out yet, I highly recommend it. Also, just want to add that we were thinking of the Rankin Bass Classic Mad Monster Party. That was the cartoon we couldn't think of early on in the show. Also, make sure you go follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for all updates on the podcast. If you'd like to sign up for the Patreon, the link for that is in the description. Thank you guys again so much for listening, and stay safe.